okay, we are good to go. So, well, are seven. Are we recording already? We are recording, yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, there's the first word of the day. But it's okay. That that kind of went out the window like a long time ago. Like, <laughs> I remember like thinking to myself like, oh, right, maybe I'll try and keep this like, you know, PG-13. Because like, I was like, what if like works here or something like that? And then somewhere in the middle of all that, we kind of forgot and there's like 50 episodes of it now so it's like well you know we're here now but we're here today to talk we are the creators of a documentary now officially uh by the time that people uh see this it will have been released hopefully uh because if they're not seeing it, it's not been released there's been issues and <laughs> we've had to go through many hurdles to get this out so we would like to avoid all that but um first of all how are you both doing Good to see you both here. Good. It's, uh, it's been a minute yeah. since it's been the three of us again because we finished filming in September, technically. That was the last time we did like an interview. You're right, yeah. It yeah. was yeah. in September. Because uh, we did like some stuff here that, you know, clips of me in between and all that kind of stuff. But uh, so it's been a three-month process for the editing and exporting and the upload version isn't even ready yet technically but this is all ibs buts and maybes <laughs> hopefully this is the target the 17th of december you will be seeing this and the 16th of december the day before you will have seen the film yes hopefully <laughs> this conversation otherwise hello 2023 yeah. <laughs> but um, i put like wwe like this september 17th <laughs> a documentary on. coming you you randy orton <laughs> <laughs> only on pay-per-view <laughs> but um no, I'm glad that we're we're here. We've we decided a few months ago that we were going to have a chat about the kind of process that kind of went into this and how um, it's all came about and what went into it and, and stuff like that and kind of reflect on it a little bit. We've literally just watched um, a version of the film just now. Finn, that was your first time seeing it. Uh, we actually watched it last night, not to be elitist or anything like that. <laughs> um, but uh, so... Uh, let's get your thoughts on it. What what do you think of the film off the bat? And I'll you know. Ben has volunteered to talk first. <laughs> it seems like how. Well, yeah, I suppose it's like fresh in my mind from like the first time seeing it today. Um, yeah, I think it's like it's come together really well. Like documentaries aren't easy to do, and um, I think the subject matter is pretty well explored in it and uh hopefully i think that people like learn a lot from it uh like the stuff <clears throat> that like that we learned well i learned um from people that we interviewed like that i had no idea about so i've learned a lot like yeah. during the process as well so yeah it was it was weird for me seeing it because it was like you have like an idea in your mind of what you think it's going to look like when you first start, even yeah. like for you editing it and stuff like that right um but like seeing it was quite surreal it was like you because i remember you were kind of looking at me like it's okay, right? Like, you're not, like, shocked out of, like, it's horrible, burn it all down. It's like, <laughs> no, it's just, it's like, it's a weird feeling, like, seeing it all put together and, it like, mm. tell a story like you were saying. Um, I'm very proud of it. That, that, that's yeah. one thing that um, Definitely. I, I'll say. And, uh, w you know, we were, we've always said that we've had a fun time doing this. And I find it weird saying that because the topic we're covering, it's not like, like oh, so much fun talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah. all of the, the people not getting support and money for their needs and stuff like that. But um, I've learned a lot about the filmmaking process in this time because usually, obviously, my forte has been this mm -hmm. kind of format, whereas 
um, even like uh, asking questions and stuff like that, I felt like maybe I could drag a little bit. And you've done a very good job, uh, Mr. Saul, uh, cutting that out and making <laughs> me look like a bit more of a professional <laughs> interviewer than what I may actually be. But it's been thoroughly enjoyable. Um, very happy with the end product. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm really yeah. nervous as well for people to see it. Just because we can have our reaction about it, right? But it's obviously going to be a subjective thing when yeah. it's released to like the public, and that is quite um, uh, you know, a nerve wracking thing. But I'm looking forward to it though. It's uh, been a long time coming. I think we've been working on this for nine months. Mm. Um, we've been talking about this probably for nearly two years because I think actually the first time we discussed about doing something was in 2021 when you were still at uni. Yeah, I, I remember those like like a lot of ideas. It just pops up as like something in the back of your head. You're like, mm, I'd like to do this in future mm-hmm. and you know, stuff like that. And then eventually just became reality. But honestly, I'll say I'm I'm really impressed with you because like at least with me, like I got like I guess you could say a little bit of more of the academic training in theory about that stuff. But at least you're just like, hey, I want to do this. Let's yeah. go ahead and do it, which is a lot better than most people even in academic because actually it's quite hard for people to put it bluntly to move their ass and actually do it. So it actually it was really good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I wrote five things down to begin with, because um, I, what had happened is I got ill in twenty twenty one. Not like I'm not trying to make it sound like I got ill. I was on my deathbed, and I had this more like you know you should make film. Um, <laughs> but I, I was, I actually watched like a bunch of Louis Theroux documentaries in that time, just because I was like you know in my bed, um, and I was just I'd already kind of had the podcast thought idea and stuff like that. You know, it was COVID times, like there wasn't. I'd kind of tried to get into office work and built like a kind of path around that. And then every office was like, we're not opening for 18 months. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, it was yeah. like the, the worst time to become qualified <laughs> for that type of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I just remember thinking like, this is really cool. And seeing the way that he approached certain things and um, like all the kind of stuff that he was like learning from going and talking to eccentric people not like this is to talking to eccentric people or that but i like the kind of format he was doing I was like, i would like to get involved in something like this so i was trying to think it has to be something local right like you can't i can't just go out and be like right let's go to philadelphia and like <laughs> interview the police force and hang out with them for two weeks that's just not realistic yeah. in our current mm. situation right so i was like it has to be something local or something general that can be filmed locally right so i think i wrote six things down um, there was this, obviously. Um, I think there was something to do with Scottish independence as well, trying to like be neutral on that. Um, feel like maybe that's <laughs> probably taking away back burner now. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like even like I was talking to you the other night about going forward if we were ever to do something again, it, you know, like the social uh, media date and stuff. Because mm. I've read like loads of studies about how people that are on like stuff like Tinder and all, all these types of apps that like, get really bad depression and stuff like that. Um, but I think I, I chose this one just because it's a thing that I've kind of experienced and I thought it would be like a good starting point. Um, I know like in film we're trying to be impartial right like we're not trying to like be political or, or make a statement obviously there's storytelling there's messages through that but it, it's not just me saying look everything around here is absolutely guff get it sorted you know what i mean <laughs> like it's got to be a bit more kind of subtle than that but uh that's when i got in touch with you because i remember i'd seen you working for or i'd volunteered or something like that at, uh yeah, I was working, uh, just as a nice side job, I was working with the Pines uh, Development Center in, in Verness, right? I'm surprised you like saw me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, should I repeat that again? 
Yeah, no, just pull it a bit closer to you. Dude. All you right. Just like... No, but like, I'm surprised you saw me there because I never saw you there. Like, no, I've seen it on social media, mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I know they put it up there, but that was something I did like as a like a side job when I was still in the uni. So, yeah, that, that was interesting. I ended up learning. That's where I probably started learning about autism because I had to film the seminars there and pretty much it was just like them doing seminars for people in remote areas to like, you know, help parents who had autistic children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, you contacted me about that. So, like, I think because I already was a bit familiar with the subject, it yeah, wasn't too yeah. daunting for me. I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. And I have done documentaries when I was in the uni as well. But I'll say this, as far as documentaries go, like the making of this was smooth. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really smooth. It was fun. Like, I know what you're saying. Like, uh, it's, a, it's a grim subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it feels like you can't have fun, but you can have fun. Yeah, like, no, In terms of the yeah. filmmaking process, it can be a lot of fun. I mean, the amount of, uh, the amount of like, just absolute laughs that we had in, like, the car <laughs> to shoot and stuff like that. Like, we'll go into that a bit later on. But um, yeah. I think it was actually the fourth episode of the podcast that you, that you came on. We kind of, you said, I'm back from uni now, so if you, you need... Yeah. helping that and then it was like okay let's we'll, we'll do it and we'll start it that year and then um you went back to south africa and then <laughs> omicron decided to happen yeah and you were it. stuck in south africa for six months but um, the, the the creative process was happening then as well yeah, i remember yeah. we had the this not zoom calls but it was like uh i think it was just on messenger wasn't yeah, it? yeah. We we're just mm-hmm. having like video calls and chatting about the idea so yeah the process was What's going on before then? Which makes it the the pre-production. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know when like you see films on like yeah. uh, Wikipedia and they're like meant to come out next year, and like you look at five years down the line and they're still stuck on like the year it was meant to be coming out. But the thing is, yeah. when you see like these old films when they do behind the scenes, when they're like, "Oh yeah, we're doing pre-production," like I'm just feeling like I shouldn't be like, "Oh, we're doing pre-production." We're like, "Yeah, we're doing pre-production." We're doing pre-production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But um, so after. All those trials and tribulations, COVID decided to still get in the way of like how many people on the bounce were we meant to interview? <laughs> it got delayed. I think it was like four or five. Yeah. Um, Jillian got COVID, and you were coming through from Inverness at the time, so I was like, yeah, because I I was paying you to come through, mm-hmm. um, your travel and stuff, and I was like, he's already here, and we're not going to get any interview because we did a, we, I think we did a podcast because we couldn't yeah. go and interview anyone because they yeah, had to COVID. Be fair, like. Fate was pretty much on your side there because I had to leave Inverness anyways. Mm-hmm. Like I was on the process coming here because it was... Um, th- Why did you make that sound more dramatic? Yeah. <laughs> I had to leave Inverness. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it was like that. Film. It's because I was, there were things here that I was doing and I was getting ready to head down south anyways. Mm-hmm. So in the end, I just ended up coming here. So in the end, it was, it was easier for me just to keep doing that. It gave me an excuse to move some stuff before some moving wasn't so easy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's been an enjoyable process. We'll get as well to how um, you came into it as well. I, I almost felt uh, bad. I thought you'd almost been coerced into it at one point when uh, we were going to view... Help. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, what happened originally was uh, when we were going to interview Karen uh, Adam, the, the MSP, um, by the way, how nice was that hotel that we actually... Yeah, there, there, as well? there, like, We got like, treated like absolute kings. I know. We got like free water. Did we not like get <laughs> Everywhere, a lemon not, slice and a yeah, water? Not just what like, is going I'm on? talking like the other guys when they go get the cucumber in yeah, the water. Not yeah. just like a bottle like yeah. we've got here. Like just that pop was... up with a camera. Just pop up with a camera and a whole bunch of equipment. Yeah. <laughs> just get some special treatment. They even let us over stay yeah. welcome. Like yeah. I think we had two hours there. And because uh, Karen and, and that were running late, which was quite good for us because we needed the time to set up. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> setting up is always like a pro, like a in your head. It's like this will just be fine, and then like halfway through, it's like right, you there, you there, like yeah. get that. Way. Is that yeah. tripod going to extend? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I think when I went back through, it was like we'd been <laughs> over a shot of like 45 minutes. For me, the awkward part is always telling people because since we're using like the mics like this, it's trying to tell people like, can you please get closer? Like yeah, this? yeah. Well, can you please be far away like this? Like, please don't move your head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like- yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> that, that was like a thing that um, like came across as like, not creative differences. It wasn't like, like yeah. this documentary's under threat because Ryan thinks that the mic should be close to the face and Sean wants it further <laughs> away from the show. people need to be suspended from the ceiling. It's all part of the art. <laughs> but like, like we've said, like going forward, we've got um, use of much more equipment now than what we had for this specific documentary. Like mm. We're using the pod mics for the roadcaster because it's better than camera audio, but there is stuff that it can only go so far with, right? And it's good for, like, this setting where, like, it doesn't matter if the mic's in shot and stuff like that, but like you said, with, like, rule of thirds and obviously me going through the editing certification as well, I've kind of realised how important that yeah. is. Like, beforehand, I was like, why is he, like, being so, like, upset about this? And they're like, oh, I, I, I get it now. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, like, people don't get it, but those small, those slightly small differences is actually what makes it, like, look high-end mm-hmm. and, like, low-end and stuff. But it's also, it's kind of like, sorry, I'm just going back to the three shades days. But sometimes when you actually don't know it, you can sometimes get some of the most cinematic stuff unintentionally. Like, uh, remember the, the very first three shades video we made uh, with, with, with the chocolate? Yeah. We had some of the most creative, like, shots ever in that. Like, <laughs> high angles. Just pull, uh, just pull the arm towards your face. All right, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like a rapper. <laughs> yeah, we, we had some of the most creative shots ever. It was swinging. It should <laughs> just, like, stay there once you pull it forward. yeah, yeah. But um, and it was in four by three aspect ratio, which was, <laughs> you know, it was just because of the camera. But let's just say it was a creative choice. Yeah, you know? yeah. So wait, it's, it's kind of the same thing in Lighthouse. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. We did it before exactly. Lighthouse. I'm <laughs> no, suing. But, but the take that, William Defoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, like I said, like when you end up learning more about it and stuff, and like because of me, because of the course I was doing, like I ended up doing it over and over again. You eventually just end up realizing. I think when you first do it, it can be a bit stressful. Mm. Like, when you're not used to you it. You get into, like, a routine of it and that, right? You have your ways. That you, you do. Mm. Like, you tour it a very specific way. And then, in reality, when you try to do that specific way, it never really goes that way. But because you do it over and over again, like, you end up realizing there's real quick cheats. Like, yeah. all right, I know the way to do it. But let's just do it like this. And hopefully, the camera doesn't pick up the <laughs> yeah. weird uh, Jenga I've made on the right side here. <laughs> Hopefully this like thousand dollar equipment doesn't just like fall down and break. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but in the end, like the small things like that, you end up realizing like, it's really fun for me. Like it's a whole puzzle making, like even working with, I know we complain about our equipment, but honestly, I love MacGyvering it with this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, like, the process is quite fun. Yeah. yeah. So like behind the scenes, besides like actual, like, ooh, we're filming and stuff. There's like a fun kind of like puzzle making <laughs> thing to it. And you just hope that the, you can suspend the person's uh, disbelief. It's just exp- yeah. expensive Lego, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Stressful and expensive Lego. Yes. They won't believe the health benefits. It's like yeah. Russian roulette, but with your finances. <laughs> oh. but yeah, but, um, I mean, I remember the first shoot that we did, right? Yeah. Um, and I, like, I've learned so much. This is going to sound really stupid because like, I've been doing the podcast for like, well, like 18 months or something at this point. But... I've learned so much about like the cameras I have because yeah. I'll, I'll admit I've been pretty lazy with the cameras and focused a lot more on the audio side of where I've just been like boom autofocus and I still do that because <laughs> like we don't we don't really have anyone operating the cameras so I just find it works easier for me. Um, but I'm trying to learn more about like the likes of manual focusing. I know like the rule of thirds now and the mm. 180 degree rule and, and things like that. People are like, "What Swahili black magic is he talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, uh, but uh, if you get into editing or filming and that, you'll know what I mean. But um, yeah. uh, like learning all those kind of things, and it's actually helped me 
with like stuff that I'm doing anyway. Like yeah. I realized like I'm color uh, correct and like stuff like the the podcast and that now, which sometimes is needed because you know spotlights are are quite bright and they could do yeah. a little bit of just toning down now again. <laughs> but, um, it's been good and it's helped in other ways. I've really enjoyed the process. It's been different and um, but it's a good different. Like mm. it, it it feels like. I mean, I get anxiety before doing any of this anyway, right? Because I'm always thinking of like the worst case scenario in yeah. my head, you know, which I think it could just be a healthy thing to think sometimes and sometimes it can, you can get too much in your own head. But with filmmaking, I like how it's it's spread out more. You like, especially with documentary work, you get footage and then you kind of create something around it. Like mm. you said before, it's the opposite when it's like uh, feature films or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You actually have a kind of... That's way to put it. It's like it's the opposite of fictional. Like mm. the creative process is the opposite of making something fictional. Fictional, you plan everything out. Mm-hmm. You, you know everything. But with this, it's literally like you film everything. Then you plan it. That's from my from our perspective as beginners. I think guys who actually... I was meeting this guy who does like documentary professionally. And for him, it's weirdly enough the other way around. But I think for us, at least at this stage, it's very much like that. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. It's, no, exactly. It's quite fun, actually. I mean, we're still, like, we've kind of freestyled it in a way a lot of the time, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, uh, like I remember we brought the boomer. <laughs> I specifically remember the day where we went to go to uh, Karen Adam. We've got, like, these little white IKEA tables that are holding your two boomers. <laughs> yeah. We've had them in Finn's car, and they weren't even used. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the absolute stress of trying, like, like you Fit said, expensive Lego was like, yeah. are we putting them in this way? Yeah. <laughs> no, this way. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's been a thoroughly enjoyable process. It's obviously uh filming is fun when we go to the shoots and that and obviously like we're, we're quite good friends anyway so we have a lot of um banter i think it's uh, <laughs> fair to say let's put that lightly um yeah. let's just say if you heard any of the stock footage what was actually being said that uh, this, this, <laughs> might, this film might not be able to get aired you know what i mean like luckily there's an unlink button on premiere <laughs> but uh so yeah uh, the first shoot that we did was with uh jillian um and let's just say that it was a bit of a we were talking about having to freestyle a minute ago and that's exactly what we had to do there uh i hadn't figured out the manual exposure but like if you've ever seen full metal jacket and the obstacle course on that (laughs) yeah that was that was that shit like literally like i don't know i'm thinking of those like secret agent movies where there's the laser beams because at one point we had like the cables literally just dangling from everything and i was like okay i need to just well, we had, did we not have like a camera on a high chair at one point? You yeah, like, I need yeah. to get like the right shot. It's like, can we use your high chair? But some of the behind scenes of Jillian just, just looking at us, like I, I was watching some of the footage of Jillian when we were just setting up, and she's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's like, what are these guys doing? Yeah, like, just, like, like yeah. she's probably thinking like, because I've said like, we're you know we're independent filmmakers and stuff like that. It's like, oh, that that sounds like yeah, you know, independent fancy. filmmakers that, even though it's not meant to sound that it sounds legit. fancy yeah. so she's probably thinking like some STV vans rolling yeah. up she's like, <laughs> like, and then there's guys that are like oh can we use that table what about this one <laughs> yeah. could you hold the mic <laughs> yeah. um, it, remi- it reminded me of the days when I used to do Rambling On which you'll be uh, familiar with yeah. which is actually six years old believe it or not that's it, where uh, it was bring your own mic <laughs> we didn't have mics for guests they brought their own mic <laughs> yeah. be industrious <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and then we hadn't figured out like the well, I hadn't figured out the manual focus on Sony, so then we spent like half an hour dealing with yeah. that. And then the exposure, and then yeah. But we got the the shot. We got there in the end, and it was like right. We've we've started. We've been talking about this for like eight months, and I think this was like April that we we shot mm. that or something. So it was like yeah, it was even, it was yeah. actually um it was just before summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember when. Uh, 
I remember when we first started, uh, when we were first started talking about it, you were like, I want to get this ideally all done, uh, shot before the end of like the, the darker nights and winter and stuff like mm. that. That was like, your original plan and then it spilled into the summer and it's spilled into next winter, funnily enough. But um, No, but we got all the important stuff before then. So it actually did go according to plan. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, to be fair, like uh, our deadline on this wasn't too bad. Yeah. So we actually had a fair amount of good time doing it. So like... Uh, no, no, no. In terms of scheduling, it was fine for, for me, at least. Oh, the first shoot was actually Lee, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> was it? Yeah. It I was, don't know. Like, he, for he, me, it became a bit we of a did the, the first shot was in here. Yeah. Lee came here, and then the next day we went to Jillian. Mm, yeah. Right. I, I'm pretty sure that's how it went. And then... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We, we, we tested with Lee first, and then and then it went around. Yeah. 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 That, that's, that's the version that's now. That. Because Cause they both had COVID, and then we put it back a week, and then we were like, right. Yeah, they, they, they literally one after the other. We can't let COVID get you again. You know? like, it was like every even Karen and Adam got COVID as well, right? We were yeah. meant to go a week beforehand, and um, someone sent me a screenshot that followed her on Twitter, and um, said, "I've just tested positive for coronavirus," and I'm like, "God damn it, COVID! Uh, like, yeah. you know, you've ruined the entire world, and you're having to ruin this documentary. <laughs> yeah. Can you just leave this alone? You've yeah. already screwed the economy <laughs> and like people's thoughts and everything yeah. like that." Um, yeah, the world's fine, but the, yeah. the dock, the dock, that's too far. <laughs> Who cares if the far. world's on yeah. fire? Um, yeah, so we got around to, to interviewing her as well because there was like a bit. Of, it seemed like we would have a couple shoots, then there would be a gap, and then we'd have a shoot, and then there would be a gap. Mm. So I remember it was like April, Lee, uh, Jillian, and that, and then I think it was like June that we finally got around to speaking to Karen, and then it was August we went to Lock Park. Mm. September we ended up speaking to the parents and. Uh, things like that so it was kind of good to get like because I think that maybe almost helped us rather than like having two three weeks of where we just ran through everything because I feel like we got a bit more it's um, nice to have a break improvisation as well through it as well it's like it's good to have a break because at least then you can like double check the stuff just like make sure like oh do we have this do we have this and stuff and yeah yeah it's you don't always have to like overrush it if you have like the time it's quite nice and relaxed because Filmmaking is fun, but it can be stressful. In my opinion, it's good stress. Like mm. if you enjoy, you, you can enjoy something and be stressed at it, as strange as it sounds. But as long as you're not getting bad stress. So the good thing with that, it makes it more chill. And knowing me, like I'm probably, I, I sometimes feel like I'm a little bit too laid back on it. Like I'm just like, eh, don't worry about it, bro. I, I don't need drugs, I'm not high. But I swear I give up that like, thing sometimes where I'm just like, ah, don't worry about it, bro. It's like the camera yeah. wasn't rolling the whole time. <laughs> ah, well, we'll fix it in post. Funny that you bring that up, actually, because I remember when we uh, spoke to... Never say fix in post, I'm sorry. You yeah. said the cursed words. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, when we uh, spoke to Andrea, one of the parents... Uh, I absolutely done goofed and we had done the full I interview and I, that, I hadn't yeah. hit the record button. <laughs> and I, I only like noticed when um, uh, when I looked over to the right, we were like, right, that's that's great. Thank you very much. Um, and then I looked in and like the, the button was green. I was like, oh, green doesn't mean record. <laughs> and I was like, how am I going to break it to these guys? I'm yeah. just like... So we're going to have to redo that again. And everyone was kind of like, yeah. well, why? And I'm like, I've not pressed the record button here. <laughs> that was a blessing in disguise though. Because I remember um, my yeah, shot uh, was completely off. I, I disregarded the 180 degree lo- rule there. If you're doing filmmaking, seriously, check out the 180, 180 degree rule. 180 degree rule. <laughs> yeah. Check it! Why not? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, but I remember seeing that and I was like looking at the cameras. Like I remember I actually noticed it when we were filming as well. I was like, oh. I won't be able to use Ryan's footage here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, 
But um, yeah. No. So I'm the one, only one who didn't screw up that day. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ever, well, yeah. that was a disaster for me, right? Because I um, had trouble sleeping the night before. I don't know why, but I was getting anxiety because like, I knew that it was early in the morning when we were yeah. going and I'm like, I'm going to have to sleep. Like, I can't do this on those. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to sleep at about maybe like three, four in the morning. So what, like that's like five hours sleep, which is not bad, mm. but like I overshot it. And I just woke up to, um, I think it was like my mom or something, like, Sean Finner here. I was like, what do you mean they're here? And I was like, <laughs> I have no time for a shower. So I literally like had to like just spray deodorant everywhere. I mean, I, I've seen, shower. I've seen the, yeah, <laughs> the, the uh, not having a place to say it, stay shower. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, seeing the footage back of me and I'm like, we can't use this in the film. Like, please to God, if we cut <laughs> anything out of me that day, that and then it things weren't going in my favor that day. That had happened, then I forgot to repress record, and then we were meant to interview Karen, uh, the other uh, parent, that day as well. And we had the address, but we, we must have went to like the wrong side or something, and I couldn't contact her because. I swear, I, I've been uh, conversing with her and like the interviewees through like the podcast Facebook page. Yeah. So I have to switch between messengers. Mm. So I tried to switch in your car between my personal Facebook and that, and it like stuck and locked me out yeah. of it. So I had no way of contacting her. So I, I kind of <laughs> probably went to the wrong person's house, just went and waited. And then I rang the doorbell and I was like, I really hope this is the place. Like, I kind of feel like um, if like they just come out, I was like, why are you here? Why what are those other two two guys your age doing in that car? Why have you got cameras? Why have you got stuff that looks like hydraulic legs? All these questions that would have been asked. <laughs> it's like, um, we're actually making a documentary, funnily enough. Uh, we were wondering if this was the residence of Karen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had to like then retreat and... Uh, do it via Zoom a couple of days later. But we got there in the end. But I think, like, some of the best parts are, like, the mess-ups and stuff <laughs> like that because we can talk about it and look back at it and laugh now. Like, yeah. if I hadn't realized that we hadn't recorded and then, like, realized when we got yeah. back, that wouldn't be so funny. It wasn't too, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too far on. It was it was fixable. So. And I think I think was good. Andrea kind of wanted to redo the interview. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like, everyone was a winner in the end, yeah. apart from battery life. But... Uh, <laughs> So, nah, but you got to find that with filmmaking quite a bit. Like, you can plan for it as much as you want, but in the end, it is. Don't it? This sounds like a really dramatic way of describing it. But it's kind of like when Mike Tyson says, like, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. face yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. like that, not as dramatic as that, but you plan it as much as you can. And the reality is, like, when you get there, especially like with shot types, if you have it in your head, you're like, oh, I have this nice shot. But then you realize, oh, there's a wall here, and the yeah. camera only zooms in. That much. So you walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, knock them down. Yeah. <laughs> but um, fit me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> fit, uh, Finn, you came on board uh, for the the Karen Adams shoot, and uh, I'd actually asked you for a lift up, uh, up to there because you were meant to be uh, going like visiting somewhere with um, your uh, girlfriend. Yes. Um, and then Sean wanted you there as the second cameraman, and I was like. Uh, I think he's already got something planned. And um, then the day that it happened, um, <laughs> Fel comes out of my house and he's like, he's being conscripted. And I'm like, what have you done? Here? What have you done? You haven't forced him to cancel his plans for this. No, it all worked out well in the end because uh, plans 
shifted and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. life to the throats is very convincing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very persuasive. <laughs> You're going to be the second camera guy. It's, it's like. Well, yeah. like, so if you I notice the second so, um, camera's shaking a little bit, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Gotta get this manual focus right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little you bit. You don't like, realize, but I actually have a knife at Finn's like sternum right now. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, laugh. <laughs> just got help written on my hand. Like. <laughs> yeah. Just now and again. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not it's like that guy in the Vietnam War who was like blinking Morse code, like yeah. SOS. Help <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the film and what it's about so it's about the lack of services for people on the autistic spectrum or neurodiverse spectrum um, in the local area uh, I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on like the shoots that we did and that like what we use kind of uh, gather from because I'm someone that kind of feels a bit strongly about this anyway and has a bit of an idea from personal experience and from hearing for a few people what it was like so what did like you guys could have take away from it do you think that it was uh, that it was quite powerful that it needs more support and stuff like that obviously you do because you're part of the film but uh, I want to hear it in your words <laughs> um, yeah, no everything's uh, fine <laughs> scrap the film <laughs> um, yeah I'll just go first so um, I would say well I mean yeah like I said like I learned a lot but um, yeah it's it's probably a lot kind of worse than I thought mm. I guess like even like hearing some of your questions and stuff like I didn't realize some of the problems that like you know uh, neurodiverse people face and stuff um, like it's something you see around like even like in Lossy High you know it's something you see around you there's a lot of really know awareness raised about it now right it, yeah like, exactly I, think, I don't think the problem is like acceptance or anything like that I think it's quite widely accepted society and i think that's got a lot better i think it's more from a corporate level and mm. decisions and helping people fit into i don't want to make this sound brutal but fit into a world that's not really built for them yeah if that makes sense yeah. because they process differently and think differently and stuff like that exactly. um but i remember like when we went to lock park we were just like kind of talking about like this I, like i never you know me that was quite a stern believer that we were going to find no services uh to do with this going there and like this is like genuinely impactful stuff and all the people we spoke to there and stuff like that have been going for like what 10 15 years it was like maintained support that was obviously yeah. to the, the betterment of their well-being and their their life and their aspirations and whatever um and i remember we were all kind of looking at each other and was like well how many people actually know about this like if we hadn't interviewed lee we would have never mm. known about lock park we wouldn't have gone there um and even like the next week when i was like uh, telling a family member about it and then they had actually went and spoke to uh like a social worker that had came around that was dealing um with uh, uh someone that they're a parent of their situation she was like oh what and it's like like even the people that are like meant to be helping find services like don't know about these places and it it does like the cynic in me thinks that is almost like a thing on purpose like um if there's one thing like i've tended to find about the councils they'll try and save money in subtle ways like we, we were potentially going to interview someone at the last minute that was talking about they they pay, like they make it harder for people to fill out things um yeah so that they're less likely to do it and i think it's not it's not as like obvious as like well we're just cutting all that and we don't care about it it's a lot more subtle than what people think that this happens it's always you know covid or we've not got enough money even though we build speed bumps everywhere at the drop of a hat when they're not needed and stuff like that um, 
And, you know, people will think, or some people might view it and be like, well, this is, you know, there's more important things. But if you look at, like, some of the stats to do with, like, people on the spectrum and that, like, <coughs> life expectancy being 25 years younger than the neurotypical person, nine times more likely to commit suicide, yeah, like 60% under or unemployed, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on. Like, these are issues that are affecting people's lives, you know what I mean? Like, I know that sounds quite dramatized, but it's, it's the reality of it, right? And... I mean, for me, like, the Lock Park thing actually made me feel quite good. It, like, actually gave me a bit of, like, hope that there there is, like, genuine people out there that are, like, looking to... Because not only are they providing a service, they're also, like, doing charity for other services. And they're, like, they're recycling the charity and the... the you know, it's, it's just... It's a good environment. You know, they're doing a good thing. <clears throat> um, whereas, I guess, when I kind of first came into this, I thought it was going to be like doom and gloom and there's nothing there's nothing and i think there still is that kind of part of it but it is very bare bones and another point that i wanted to bring up uh is i want to explain why so a lot of what we've heard throughout this film is that murray kind of gets mixed in with either grampian or the highlands a lot of people don't tend to see it as an area they tend to see it like the highlands say yeah you're part of aberdeen and uh, aberdeen like no you're part of inverness like no you take it yeah (laughs) But uh, we were meant to... I'm not going to try and throw shade at these people here, by the way. This isn't like a dig or anything. So we were meant to speak to the CEO of Grampian Autistic Society as part of the film. And uh, they had like opened a play screen through here. They've started services through here. They're hoping to expand that to the like adolescent population and, and further up, which I think is a good thing, right? Um, and I don't want to say that we got stood up, but he didn't make the, the interview... Uh, via zoom and then they said that they'd get back in touch and we never heard back right now i don't think that's them purposely chinning us off or anything like that but i think it shows that a service that is based in aberdeen trying to cover an area that's what 65 miles away that's spreading it too thin yeah they've obviously got stuff like aberdeen's a massive city as well as Aberdeen sure and you've got like all the the people that are needing support through there and stuff like that to try and then expand it to let's just let's take the current workforce we have and expand it into another area it just doesn't seem to work and it's weird how like they seem to outsource a lot of these support systems right like we've talked to Karen McKay's son going to a specialist school and stuff like that it's it's strange it is a weird why they don't seem they would rather outsource the support for certain situations and try and build stuff in the area to help us yeah active you know yeah me like um yeah you're right this documentary is quite interesting like for me like even though i guess you could say i got used i had a better understanding of what autism is after yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. in inverness but um how can i put it i guess you could say like as somebody who came from a background who didn't really know what autism was originally it was always that thing I just heard about, you know? It was like, oh, that person's autistic. And it's kind of that weird thing where it's like, you should treat them normal. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's it's complicated. Like a lot of things in real life, it's complicated. Yes, they should be treated normal, but at the same time, they do need certain help. Otherwise, they're just going to be in serious trouble. So the problem is, I think when so many people hear them treat them normal, they forget that the person still needs help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? And it's kind of that weird thing. And that's, with here, it's... The best way I can put it, I don't think anybody was going to put effort into them unless they're personally involved. Mm. You see what I mean? And like when it comes down to the council and stuff, like how can I put it? 
I don't think enough of them are personally involved. It's something they just keep hearing about, you know? Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. just like, oh, okay, okay. And then there's all the other issues and it, it becomes a weird rabbit hole. It's, it's really hard to explain it. But in the main thing, I think it's just that it's never really put in light. You know what I mean? Like barely anybody knows the thing. There's not really any communication. Mm. It's not really made public. Everybody just seems to just stay quiet about yeah, it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? For example, like, like I said, I was just as shocked about as you with Lock Park. I was like, oh, this, this is awesome. This is amazing. This clearly should be advertised. Why is it not? Yeah. And I genuinely just think it's like, I think people are just like weirdly, the people who are in charge should be more interested in it, but they're not. Yeah. Therefore, they just ignore it, you know? I don't know. Like I, with the council and stuff, there's so many crazy stories. It, it seems like, like to me, like one of the things they get wrong with people on the spectrum is like, it's widely accepted now that like everyone's different. And that's like a rule you can put to like just doesn't even have to deal with autism. Like, it can be anyone, right? Everyone yeah. is not going to be the same. But we always fall into the trap of, well, this person's doing this. Why can you not do that? Too? You know what I mean? Like, everyone is going to be different. Everyone needs altered support for Actually, that, right? Yeah, no, you're right. It's kind of that weird thing where they say everybody's the same. Therefore, they think everybody should be treated the same. Yeah. In a weird sense. And I know that sounds kind of strange, but it's like this weird thing where it's kind of like one rule applies to all. It doesn't. Like, if you like, go for like, a like, let's say, like, the best example okay like you guys are wearing glasses right now right yeah if you give me those glasses they're probably going to damage my eyes more than anything yeah therefore yeah. we are not the same in that regard yeah you have an elite level eyesight we have the mediocre yeah. eyesight. Elite yeah. <laughs> my right eye is weird but <laughs> i'm still waiting for my spider-man moment you know like <laughs> oh. <laughs> come on some poisonous spider get me my I, eyes I back. <laughs> stop being a superhero i'm just glad i could see you, know, you again sticking my hand in like strange like pieces of bark in the woods hoping something will bite me <laughs> but nothing just yet ended up with a disease damn it I'm just saying Spider-Man's lying to me I haven't gotten anything yet no Hulk powers but that uh, yeah, that one kind of rule one size fits all kind of thing you heard that from a lot of the contributors in the documentary I mm -hmm. think like that's one of the b biggest problems you know it's a blanket it's, approach really. exactly actually yeah, yeah that's, it comes down to like when they're thinking about like like one person on the end of the spectrum and treating them the exact same as the other person on the spectrum and then yeah. they get surprised that somebody's like almost killing themselves. Yeah. You know, it's like... And one one thing like Karen Adam, when I had a chat with her before we actually interviewed her, so I, I spoke to her um, over Zoom and one thing that she, that I hadn't even thought about because I think it just goes deeper than me just saying, oh, it's one, like, there's things that I'm not even thinking about with this. Like she was like, what are, we don't even ask the people that might be able to mask this and cope in mainstream society but are inside like, you know, built uh, dragging themselves down and uh, like mental mm. health and, and stuff like that, but they can, on the outside, it looks like they're fine, right? We don't even talk about those people. We're only focusing on like people that are, um, I don't know what the word would be, but, like visibly yeah, struggling. Like, very you know? obvious, yeah. Um, yeah. And that, you know, that got me thinking as well. And there's so many branches that this is going to go off, yeah. off to. And I think the, Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, cut in there. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it, man. I was gonna say. Um, I think the part that really freaked me out, or at least shocked me, and it, I guess you can't just call this a, a problem with just this alone. But it's the weird, like you know how we're saying, like the one size fits all. It's just the fact that everything just feels like they're just trying to put it under the carpet. Yeah. Not like a big conspiracy to yeah. hide everything in plain sight. It's but it's like when you're talking about the medications and stuff. You know, they're trying yeah, to get yeah, everybody yeah. just on this one pill. In the hopes that it just buries the thing. Yeah. They, they're not like, like even if you show, it's weird. Like they want a silver bullet because they want the quickest. Like yeah. Whenever the one thing that annoys me about it is that whenever it seems there's any kind of mainstream support for it, it seems to be directly linked to employment. Now I'm not saying employment's not important. I'm not saying it's yeah. not good or whatever. But if people are 
struggling to leave the house or people are, you know, struggling social situations, you can't fast track them into like, you know, no disrespect to anyone that works there, but walk or shortbread or that kind of environment, like a factory or mm. retail or whatever it may be. But that's what that's what they seem to want to do. And that's when I question their motive behind it. Are you doing it because it will make their well-being better or are you doing it because it makes the statistics look better? Yeah. You know? mm. um, and they want that quick approach. And that's what like a, a one size fits all they try to do. And obviously it, it doesn't work. But you were saying personally involved. The one thing that that um, requires is time. Mm. And they're not willing to put the, the time into that at this moment of time, you know, but... Um, well, honestly, it's kind of like a... I mean, don't worry, I'm not going to go into any specific politics here. It's just kind yeah, of a yeah. general broad overview. But it's kind of that weird thing where I guess you could say with like an elected person, they have like a certain amount of time. Yeah. So they always try to get everything done within that certain amount of time. And there's... Put it like this, there's a level of selfishness to it where somebody's not thinking about it in the long run. Mm. They're not thinking about maybe I can leave something that can be carried on and on they're like i need to finish this within like four years yeah see what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's the same thing like i know i'm applying that but it applies here as well where somebody's just like oh i need well, to get yeah, this exactly. done i need to get statistics now i need to get done they don't think about like something grander than themselves they're not like all right maybe i can leave something here that the next person can carry on yeah the long-term yeah, yeah, developing yeah, yeah. path short-termism so, like, yeah, yeah yeah like everybody what's that saying planting trees or uh what <laughs> planting trees you'll never uh know the shade of yeah, you know, something like that. I know it sounds like I'm getting philosophical here, but they do need to have this idea <laughs> yeah. of like a, it's a lot bigger than you. I'm just going to put emotional in the title of this podcast. That'll be the dream. Yeah, I'll just be like, listen, man, they just need to. <laughs> No, but what I'm trying to say is like, there really is this kind of weird idea where they're just like, they're thinking more about how can I appear great at this yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah. Instead of like, all right, let me just let the ground works so where at least something can improve. We can have something going here. Maybe like if they want to have a ha happy moment, they can at least get the level one started and hopefully the person who's next, you leave a good groundwork for the next person to put like a level two. And I don't know how long these council... Anybody know how long the council people are putting? Yeah, like, there's like council ele councillor elections like every five years. Or so. I think it follows like a trajectory like the political system. So like there'll be a general election then there'll be a scottish election every five years so i've been imagining the councillors are yeah. unless there's like obviously a retirement and they have a snap by election or something like so they've got to be realistic they've got to be like okay look if, they, if we can't pull this off within like two years or something let's at least have a groundwork of a plan that can pull it off yeah like yeah. the whole point is like you want to make something so you don't have to keep replacing it yeah you know what i mean like at least something that like okay yeah i guess the best way you put it is like let's say we had like a windows pc here right it's working perfectly as it is right yeah. But if it breaks, you can easily fix it to keep it going, right? Yeah, yeah. But you still have the thing there, the yeah, original yeah. thing. You have so the, the whole idea yeah, is like, yeah. we need something that we can just improve upon. Yeah. Just improve upon. Not like, okay, I'm going to do this thing and then it disappears yeah. and you're gone. I yeah. think that's the, like, no one can be perfect with this, right? We're not expecting perfection, but I think yeah. if we've noticed anything, there's no foundations there. Yeah. And that seems to be... Like, everybody's like, lost. They're like, yeah. what, what love park? Yeah. What yeah, is yeah. here? Like, nobody knows. They're like, there was no... And yeah, like, sorry, that's the part that The parents me are out. like, what, you know, Andrea says that she's phoned the one-stop sh uh, shop in Inverness. There used to be one in Elgin 10 years ago. It got taken away. I, I, I went into this thinking, where are the, like, these National Autistic Society, Scottish Autism, these major charities that don't seem to be in the area but are, like, mm -hmm. everywhere else? And then I did some reading when I was looking for the news articles for uh, stock footage that we never ended up using. And Murray Council fell out with those charities, and that's why they left. Do you know Did what they? I mean? Like, apparently so, I didn't yeah. see that part. I remember looking at the, the articles and I just remember saying, like, the reason I didn't include them is because, like, 
it, it just weirdly contradicted yeah, what yeah. we were coming across. Plus, fair use could have been, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean. Don't want to tackle that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but like, it, that was the part that really confused me because I was busy looking there. I was like, okay, wait a second. We're doing this documentary. We're coming across all these people who are saying there's no help here. Yeah. But we're coming across all these articles that are saying there is help here. Mm. And but they're not here because we actually met the people yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just, like I said, it's all that under the rug kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, it just disappears. Half the schools around here have autism accreditations, but yet the people we're speaking to, their their kids are struggling at school. The amount of people that, like, reached out to the, the podcast page to, like, make complaints and stuff like that, just that weren't willing to, like, be interviewed for camera and, you know, understandable, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, like, there was people that said that they work for the council. Do you know what I mean? So even the people in there know what, like, is yeah. ridiculous. Like, yeah. and, and it, it kind of blew my mind in a way that, like, I knew that a lot of people were on about this. That's why I kind of started it. Because I used to think that for me going through this situation, and one of the things that's frustrating to me is a lot of the issues that I found that I faced 10 years ago are the same issues that these people are facing now, if not worse. Mm. Um, Like, if I would have loved to have found a bit more about my condition when I was younger, because I initially rejected it and it was like oh it's just a label and and stuff like that um like being a teenager and that but you know even then i'm thinking there was nothing offered to me then but there was clearly was stuff out there but they weren't putting people in touch with these people so there must have obviously been some kind of tension there anyway that they weren't doing their job and getting these services so, people yeah like this might be like a stab in the dark as well but like and this is going to be a weird comparison yeah but hear me out but see, say like you phone up a call center to sort sh- yeah. sh- out your broadband. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this is far fetched. <laughs> um, it's just like you can't, you keep getting kind of like shifted around different people to f- yeah, fix the yeah, problem. Yeah. But no one, everyone says it's not me that needs to fix it. It's this guy. Yeah, and yeah, then this yeah, guy's yeah. like, I don't know why they told you that. It's that guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no one actually. It's. I feel like it might be a similar situation. You know, like is there a, a designated person to sort this specific issue? That's pretty and much what happened. It's just to, like no, it's like this guy, you know. Like, if I remember right, that's kind of what happened to Karen in the interview. Mm. They took the her kid, was it, to some of the people here, and they just kept saying, "Oh, come here, get him." Yeah, we come here, get him. No, sorry, this isn't us. Come, come get your kid. But it's, it's too like these yeah. are meant to be like what the people that are working with, like they're like, oh, he's he's, he's acting, he's acting up, and I was like, well, are you not meant to be prepared for that? You're not meant to have like contingency plans. Like mm. it's it, it kind of blows your mind really when you hear this like type of stuff, and when she's obviously getting support by him having to travel what I said uh, 180 mile round journey I think it's like 125 yeah. mile it's close enough it's, it's close in the enough. ballpark but um, yeah. <laughs> uh, like it, that blows my mind why can't we not then have like a specialist school here why is that not possible or why can we not have a specialist unit in a certain school or whatever you know, it with may? all of us saying this right now I'm realising that it's one of those weird things where it's like everybody knows the answer, but the effort to actually put it in will be hard. Yeah. yeah. And I think when people actually get hit by that real life, like imagine Zayana, like um, imagine we talk about a treehouse, right? Yeah. Like oh, you know, that would be pretty cool to have a treehouse. We kind of all have a good idea of yeah, how to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then let's say, all right, let's do it tomorrow. Then you get hit with like, that weird whoa, like whoa, like, whoa, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, 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 like, <laughs> like subconsciously, you just feel that exhaustion. And I actually think that's what happens a lot of the time when people like this look. And they're like, not my problem. Where am I going to get this stuff? Yeah. From? But it's like, um, oh, shucks. Yeah, sorry, we'll come back. Yeah, to but it's, it's it's crazy because like, like we said, like people are, you know, uh, Andrea mentions her son. Yeah, sorry. I remember what I was going to say. There was a deeper level to this issue though. You know, like everybody getting passed on along. Yeah. So remember like how Lee was talking about that? Was it like five years ago? I think you said. 
like those uh, the weird witch hunts i guess you could say yeah and care yeah so the thing is okay like uh, my mom she does a bit of care work sometimes okay. as well and there really is like um the, the cares get care workers gets they get the hard end they really do like mm. they really do and as it depends on the company and stuff you're talking about but like there is really like they don't get that much care for themselves in a weird sense you know what i mean like the system there is also like flawed therefore like yeah put it like this you have an unmotivated workforce also doing this yeah for example my mom she looks after she actually looks after helps look after this autistic kid mm-hmm. i'm not going to say the name because i don't know if yeah yeah, yeah. Like that. but it's quite interesting the reason my mom is the one looking after us because they brought in like six or seven other carers and they just bolted yeah like my mom's the only one who can like handle this kid but that's just because my mom my mom really loves children stuff and i'm not flexing i got cool mom. <laughs> but uh but she's able to like handle this kid fairly well or at least for the kid at the age but it's just that weird thing where it's like you have characters like lee for example who was if i'm correct he was quite passionate about the yeah, yeah. caring he, he enjoyed it and stuff but the industry on that end is so screwed over yeah well, that's he had to leave i remember like, he, he told me he worked a 200 hour month and i think he made 1200 pounds mm. I know. You know, I know. That's crazy. And the crazy thing is with care work because to be frankly honest, becoming a carer is a lot easier to get into that. Yeah. But to stay in it, you really need motivated people. And it's really hard to keep motivated people there when, you know, like, I mean, except for the people at Love Park, they, they're doing well, but realistically But speaking, that's funded all through them, right? Like yeah. what's impressive about that is there's no corporate feel there. Like James and um can't remember his wife's name at the moment, but they are the owners, but they're out doing these activities with the people they're supporting they're not just sat in an office going right you 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 deal with them yeah. we'll do with you know they're doing and like you said that they're personally involved yeah. they're like have a vested interest in this james has had you yeah know, the we, people you saw the even the care workers there they, they were like hey you know we're actually having a good time yeah here. yeah like yeah, yeah. imagine it's kind of like us doing the film and imagine we're having an absolute miserable time imagine like I, imagine like i went like full stanley kubrick and i was holding like a shotgun to your head not, not that I hate him. He's a cool movie and stuff. But I mean, there's like a level when you get like freaked out, you know? Yeah, yeah, And you yeah. stop enjoying it. But like when you see an environment like Lock Park where there generally was like, at least from what we saw, mm-hmm. people looked like they were smiling. They were doing their thing. They were getting along well. The care workers were doing their thing. But when you have like an environment where it's just people who are just miserable and they just want to get the day hell out of there. Like you just want to finish your shift. I can relate to this from doing like, dude, we saw like Walker's factory, you know? Yeah. Like you really are just like, want to get the heck out of here. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So, the, uh, like, I think what Lee was saying was actually very important. There's, like, this whole subbot thing. But that's, like, a whole other issue. Like, it, as much as I want to relate the two to them, the way entire corp... Like, because a lot of these care companies are private, if I'm correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as, like, we'd like to connect them to the NHS and stuff, but a lot of them are private. It's actually shocking that NHS doesn't even have, well, like... An- the, the NHS mental health services are pretty non-existent as well, right? Like, yeah. we heard that from Andrew. That's what shocked me. I just felt like that should just be there. Yeah. yeah. Like, should be no question. That should just be there. Because I, I knew a guy in my uh, my campus who used to do that stuff, but he had to leave. And this is to do with more of the NHS bullying thing, which is going crazy there. Because eventually he left because of that. It was just like, it wasn't fair. Like, it was a terrible bully care. That's a whole other subject, I know. Yeah. But... Next it was week. there, but it just looks like even that system is getting abused to daylight. That's almost non-existent. I think it's just the the result of certain people trying to privatize the the health service, right? That it's yeah. becoming more and more less accessible yeah, for certain people. But yeah. I'm not going to name any names. But no. it rhymes with Corey. 
<laughs> They've been known to wear blue Look, ties. I'm not going to tell you where he lives, but if I happen to leave the, you know, the longitude and latitude on screen, yeah. that's all up for your interpretation. <laughs> One looks like an unmade bed with a head injury, they say. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it, it's just, it, there's part of me that, like I I know there's genuine people out there like I used to um yeah. you know Lee used to support me and stuff like that so that's how I met him and there's been other uh, great uh, people in my life that have helped I don't want to say turn things around but get me in a better place than maybe what I was as like a teenager and maybe going through some struggles myself but one thing I noticed is like there's never there's never they're never there long term because of these issues that they feel like they have to move and get another job and and stuff like that and I'm like. I, I was actively trying to seek out this help. What about someone that, that doesn't know where to start and all, you know, like they just, when when I was working in the third sector, I would go to a lot of the, these employment meetings and stuff like that because I thought it was important to talk to like other services and, and stuff like that. And the amount of social workers that were there that would bring up like people that were on the spectrum that weren't attending school and had just kind of been left to their own devices in their house for two, three years, pandemic or no pandemic. You're like that, You've got to, like, and me personally being through stuff like that, leaving school prematurely and left my own device, I know that that can cause damage that takes time to get over. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is why it's important that people aren't just left to get to crisis point and then they, they mm. call, well, I guess we'll deal with it now. Yeah. Um, but that's why yeah. in the end, the kind of the sad thing is, is like, the best way you can do is put a spotlight. Yeah. Somebody into moving the button. It's, Mostly that, you know? And that's like, I mean, I've I've asked myself a couple of times what I want this film to achieve. And obviously, I, like the obvious ones, like I want a lot of people to see it in the area and stuff like that. Yeah. But if anyone is watching it, and I hope it shows that, because I feel like you can kind of feel like isolated and alone with your own circumstances, and it's just a natural human thing to go through but I hope that this shows it's not just one two or three people these situations aren't unique to you it's not like your fault it's not that anything's going on with you this is like a systematic yeah. thing yeah. that's that's broken and I, I hope that people can form like a community out of this film no, realising there's other people that are maybe going through similar struggles because I think it would be quite a powerful thing if like parents or, or carers or, or whoever it may be get together and, and have some kind of representation to hold people to account i think if it's one person that's complaining like let's just say they're having problems at school or something with your, your child and you go to the council they're one per you're one person they'll easily be like oh well mm. you know it's an uphill battle for you but if there's groups or of people that are complaining about that's when they seem to be a, like oh yeah. Community, yeah sense of the word yeah. Yeah. yeah because like that that was something we were noticing it's just like everybody's kind of just separated if they could just stick together and actually just work towards it you know it's just like it was, it was just shocking, you know, just yeah. the isolation. So it was. It was. It, it's just it's it is crazy how like I'm not going to tell me uh, tell who said this, but one person that was meant to be on the documentary said the service was started up, um, and was funded through like the council and stuff like that. And once they had got an Orphan Scott article making it look like they'd done something, they then withdrew the funding. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. this is this is the type of stuff that's going on, and now that service is being ran at a loss. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've never once, like, criticised the people that are genuinely working on the front line because I do believe that there's people that genuinely want to... But I'm looking at it, like, from a, a higher corporate yeah. level. People yeah. that are making decisions on funding and, and stuff like that. And even when I worked in the third sector, um, I'll never, like, disrespect anyone I worked with or anything like that because there were great people and you could tell 
that they genuinely wanted to do that uh, that job. But it did come. There was a, definitely a holistic side to it, and there was definitely a corporate side to it. Yeah. It felt, you know, um, I'll maybe just uh, leave it at that. With that, but I seen it myself. It was like, you know, and they're very like separate. As yeah, well as, like, yeah, corporate it, and holistic. Yeah, it's not it was really like, much you know, of a mix. And to be fair, though, when I'm thinking about the community thing, like it would be good if like. Because in the one thing, it's kind of like I was saying, get a community. Yeah. But realistically, in order to make it work, it has to be in a way that it benefits everyone. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But like in benefiting everyone's like, the parents must get the benefit that they know that if they, they can easily get help for their children. It takes a whole load of stress from them, meaning they can still work, they can do better. The children will be getting help. The hopefully system will come there. People who wish to start new, say, endeavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With these people in mind. They can go through there and do it well, and they know they'll be able to get through that. And somewhere through the council, they can at least set up the structure so that even if private organizations get into it, there must be a way they can get funding, yeah, finances. So that's what I mean. Like if they can just get a lot more talking in an organized communication way is key, right? Yeah, yeah. But realistically, it has to be done in a way that everyone benefits. Yeah, and not short term. Yeah, they, they got to think about a long term. Something way that, that everything is yeah requires in. investment in multiple ways, not just like money, like time, yeah. strategy, stuff like that, and. You know, people tend to take people at face value and they always seem to assume that's what, how it will be for the rest of life. If you give someone mental health support, if you can build them up, then they can go on to achieve really good things. Like having had support in my life, like I used to not want to talk about this and want no one to know that I yeah. was on the spectrum. And now we're about to release something where I admit like publicly yeah. for the internet, you know, the world's strongest man is autistic. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not, it's not like when people say disability or, or, or whatever, these people can't achieve things. They Some people just need help to get there. Do you know what I mean? And everyone yeah. deserves that chance at the end of the day. The funny part I find is, it's just when you when you really think about it, like the big thing they all need is just somebody to chat with and talk to. Like, I mean, that doesn't cost anything. Exactly. We're talking time. now for free. Yeah. yeah, literally, it's just time. It's just like, hey. And then boom, everything gets better if you just keep it up. Yeah. It's yeah. not just people talking and stuff. Or at least like understanding like this person means like this, this means like that. Yeah. And then like, you know. I think it's kind of a weird mindset that everybody's just like one size. Like you said in the end, one size fits all. Yeah. yeah. It's just, so you, it ruins you know, it for everyone. You're being awkward. You're not fitting into mainstream society. Clearly you stuff. are wrong and I'm right. Yeah. Pretty much. That has the attitude of it, right? Yeah. Like, and the subliminal messaging that goes through, like, you know, I know it could be looking too much into it, but if you look up like, autism stats in the UK and look at like the government's representation of it the first thing that pops up is the cost of it and they put it in big bold lettering <laughs> but that's subliminally saying these people are a burden it's like we spend 32 billion on this a year that's a million a lifetime mm. and it's like well is that the person that you're supporting for or are you not having the proper strategy yeah Bro, do you know what I mean it like, should be yeah. worth the cash yeah. why are we looking at it like that it's, yeah it's, exactly it's kind of evil and that's, that's the you know, that's the conservative government doing that. That's to trigger their base into thinking, well, <laughs> back in my day, yeah. we just had a nice steak and ale pie and got on with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's, that's what they're kind of pandering to there, really. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know... Put it quite bluntly, money... If the money is into improving somebody's life, it's money worth spent. You should yeah. well, well worth spent. It's and how, how we kind of project it as well can also be negative in society. Like, I remember... And this is from like my own family members and it's not, they don't mean it um, like this. They didn't mean it as an insult, but the way that terminology is used it can affect people, right? So when I got diagnosed in that, 
um, they would say, oh, you have a problem, you have an issue, yeah. stuff like that. It's very negative terminology. And that's why I think a lot of people then, when they get diagnosed and that, they don't want to accept it because they see it as this ultimate negative thing that ruins mm. your life. And I can say that, okay, there's difficulties in that I have in certain life, but I I feel like I can achieve, achieve a lot of things. I certainly have yeah. achieved a lot more than what I thought I could, you know, at the time when I was in that bad place and stuff and it should that will be the same for everyone else that's in similar positions you know um, and you know at the end of the day like this is an like I felt I felt like in a way it was a bit of a full circle from moment for me this because I always felt like that I'd just been diagnosed and, and left to the wild for lack of a better term yeah. like it yeah. was like you've had this we're not going to tell you about how that affects you or anything here's the world for you and um, and there's been some struggles because of that kind of approach. Um, there was, there wasn't the support. Well, there there must have been support there, but they never offered anything then. And now it just seems like that's the same thing they're going with. But there's not as much support they could have offered now anyway yeah. compared to mm. back then. And it just feels like it's going so backwards. And if we're you know, even taking the people that are on the spectrum out of the evolve, look at what it's doing to families, to parents, to carer, mm. like the stress that they must have to go through like seeing people struggle like that being proactive well, I'd say easy as but not easy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's being about being proactive with it right like it just doesn't seem like there's any kind of it just seems like it's being completely ignored right it just seems like it's like you know the world the way that they're looking at it is like the world's on fire but we're okay so it's fine do you know what yeah. I mean like yeah. it's I suppose that's kind of how we're seem to be being pushed in like an individualistic kind of world that we live in like as, as long as you're doing okay screw everyone else around you and whatnot, you know, but... Hey, it's about having the most comfy life. Yeah. In the end, like, the more comfortable you are, the the more fine you are. Why should I care about the other thing? Mm. It's the way it works. So what did you find the most interesting shoot and the most enjoyable one? For me, it probably was Lock Park. I enjoyed being outside. Like, I just enjoy being outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like shooting outside and I just love doing landscape the, shots and to be fair, it's good banter. The colours that we got as well were... Uh, phenomenal I'm just I'm getting around to like when we finished filming and uh, we started reviewing the footage because it's fair so we got a bit silly when we started (laughs) reviewing the footage we were coming up with different edits for yeah I'm just saying I realised I have an alter ego his name is Hans yeah and uh, (laughs) he owns a club in East Berlin (laughs) let's let's not get cancelled not worse yeah don't worry I won't go too far into it Hans's opinions can stay private that's if you want to know come to his club (laughs) But like, I remember as well with some of the lock part ones, like some of the, do you remember there was a dog going yeah. around the interview space? Yeah. The news were like trying to navigate the dog away from like, yeah. I reckon it probably stepped on one of the wires, which ironically caused the probably. sound that we have in the, the, the segment. Man's for it. best friend, my butt. <laughs> but I remember we were watching, we were looking for the clips for you to take and that through the lock park interviews. And there's a bit where you <laughs> pass by the shot to deal with the dog, and he starts going. He's like, "Why is Finn in the shot?" <laughs> and I'm like, "And we were because we don't see the dog, right? We just see you walking yeah. back and forth." I'm like, "What is he doing?" I'm not gonna. It is funny. Like I know I'll be like, "Finn, get in the shot," but like you just see, like if you actually see the footage, it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, it's like you're on a skateboard. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's just the way I'm like, what? And it was like, oh no, it must have been the dog. And it was like the next time I would see him, I'm gonna be like, "Face through imbecile." <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um oh, getting like some of the footage that we got from lock park was like proper proper like breathtaking like even since just like the small snippets of it because we got mm. like 
I would say we probably got about 30 different clips from that place alone. Mm. Um, which was good because we, we never really got that on many of the locations because it was usually in someone's house or it was in the, the bubble, which is the, the Bamp Springs Hotel room that we uh, did that one in and then Zoom. I think even though Zoom was like a last resort because we'd me- I'd messed up that day, it, 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 it added something to it, didn't it? And the yeah. thing is, like, because like it's so common these days, like vidcam, people can just tell. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it adds to the aesthetic, so everybody's just like, okay, I understand this is a vid clone, you know. It's just, it's just normal. Plus, it changes up my constant weird habit for having rule of thirds on the left side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so for me, that's actually a weird habit I'm trying to get. If I, if ideally in future going forward, I'd like to get, it's kind of like how when we filmed you with your vids, I'd like to get those center shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think if you're telling somebody directly, it's more personal like that whereas i mean that actually wait, actually thinking about it, that works it's just like, i would need to do more cuts anyways i'm, I'm going on the technical thing mm. beep up boop one zero one zero one zero. yeah <laughs> take that out of context clip that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the next podcast beep boop boop. The, 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 the director 4.1 is having errors of beep boop zero one zero one zero one zero five 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 zero zero ai gives groundbreaking speech <laughs> we had to turn them off and on again unfortunately but um have you tried turning them on and off again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it was because we, we got, like, first of all, the hospitality we got a lot part was really good as well. We left with like an absolute mahoose of bag of crisps <laughs> that we had yeah. to like share between like. I've still got some of them. That's why you become a filmmaker. You get free food. <laughs> they gave us eggs as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. Those good eggs. Yeah, you took the you took. You were like the eggs are mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Need that protein because like we were. It was we we were like. Having to go and like like uh, almost summon people because they had everyone in the the main kind of hall area and the, we were next to like the saw. Yeah, that sounds a bit out of context. We weren't literally next to a saw, but there was a bit where they sawed wood with uh, machinery, yeah. and we were next to that in an outside area. Um, but then every time we'd finished interviewing someone, we had to go get the next one. It was like it was like we were like on some kind of investigation. <laughs> yeah, you know? it was like who's next. <laughs> um. Plus the, but that was a really cool place, man. Like it was really cool to see like some of the work that was going on there, the longevity people had, the, the atmosphere of it was very good. Didn't seem like anyone wasn't happy to be there. No. Um. So many thanks to James and that for letting us come and film that day. And why not? What about yourself and uh, favorite shoot? Uh, uh, I would say like visually, I quite like the hotel. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Like uh, uh, as like a backdrop, but like. That was like such a nice room, and it, it almost like felt perfectly set up for like what we were, we were gonna do. Yeah, you know? like um, it was absolutely roasting in there. Though. Oh like, yeah, that was like <laughs> yeah. That's the thing when he's got like perfect room. I was like the heat. Yeah, you don't mind like the sweat dripping into your <laughs> yeah. eyes. It's good. Hey, but, that's um, the camera. You know, like when they try and get people sweaty. Just exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And we can yeah. say this like <laughs> this was unintentional, right? But we got a multi pack of water for like. um Karen and her uh, comms person that were yeah. there, um, and uh, they had a little, a little interval before we did because we did it in two parts. Then with the interview, um, and then uh, we offered them a bottle of water when they came back in. But I like only realised this afterwards because like Karen's part of the Scottish National Party, right? So yeah. you know which way that they side with on the union and stuff like that. And I looked at the water after because we had a few bottles left and there was a, like a massive union jack. And I was like, I hope they don't think we've met that intensely. I can't help that the shop sold that flag on it. You know yeah, what I mean? Does that water taste good, does it? British water. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Kind of makes me think of unions, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, we, it's, yeah, it's been an overall like enjoyable process. Like, yeah. The amount of laughs that we had, which we probably can't go all into, but it's talking about the way up. But um, it's just been, it's like. It's it's weird the sense of how social filmmaking actually is as well with the people that you're making <clears throat> yeah. film with. Um, Honestly, that can be a big difference though. Like seriously, like I've, I've done quite a few shoots. I've, I've been on some good ones and I've been on some bad ones. The best ones are the ones where people are just getting along. Yeah. Find the yeah. Happy. And if you respect the fact that everybody, everybody knows the knowledge, you know, everybody knows what they're doing and stuff. And even if they're not used to something, just guide them gently, you know. Yeah, yeah, Put it yeah. like this. Would you rather have somebody speak nice to you or would you rather have someone shout at you? I think the answer is pretty obvious. Yeah, you know? shouting, of course. <laughs> I love the pain. <laughs> more. Tell me more. Tell me how to set up that camera. Oh. <laughs> Again, take that out of context, please. <laughs> this will be getting put as not made for kids yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> Um, no, but like I said, yeah, it, it was great fun. Like as for me, as far as I have gone doing shoots, this was it was pretty chill. Yeah, like, I, I was relaxed. I was like, is this, yeah. You said this is the is this the longest thing that you've made as a filmmaker? I'm pretty sure Ooh. it is. Um, as my yeah. own, yeah. Mushroom. <laughs> Mushroom that was fifteen close. though. <laughs> that was half the time. Yeah, no, actually, was it half the time? Getting there, it was yeah. getting there. So yeah, ironically, one of the first few things we ever filmed was yeah. the longest. But um. Yeah, I guess. When I think about... Well, it depends. I've been on, like, the seminar things I used to do. Mm-hmm. They were actually an hour long, but I never edited those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, for me, I can certainly say for editing, this is the longest. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely the longest. And it was quite strange. I actually realized I have this weird conflicting style thing. I'm kind of a person who likes to bam, bam, bam information sometimes because I want to try to keep people's interest, especially in the modern age because, because we use the social media. Like, if a video is longer than... 10 minutes or something, they really have to like slap yeah, at you. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. that weird short attention span. So that's something I'm trying to fight back because I actually prefer old school where it is a nice burn. And for me, editing this was weird because I'm actually trying to tell you a lot of information and I'm not trying to bam, bam through it because it is actually like something that you don't want. How can I put it? I can't put like techno music on somebody talking about like that. Dep- <laughs> going through like horrible depression. Like, oh yeah, you know, there's no help here. So we start. Dubstep. Like just like train spotting music. Oh, I know what will cheer you up. Some pounding techno. <laughs> some Ecuador by staff. <laughs> yeah, we've got a band in here from our friend. Like, Ecuador. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, like for me, I'm actually trying to fight that happen. <laughs> Because I'm always oh, trying to God. get that. So it is trying to like make it more, as strange as it sounds, a little bit more melancholy because it does work with the tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, this is like a horrible there's, stuff there's, that's happening. We do need to like tell the information. And the thing is, it's kind of those weird things where it's like, I think when you're editing it, you got to realize like, this isn't for everyone. Exactly, yeah. You know, in the end, this is for people who truly want to understand the issues there. I, I yeah. don't blame it if somebody's looking for something happy and we'll yeah. skip it. But for the people who are watching this, they need to know that the people who are watching this are getting the right thing they deserve and expect. Yeah. Like, yeah, your, your audience is intelligent. They, they they know they'll stick with it. Like for me, like, admittedly, autism isn't something that is my main focus in life. Yeah. Like this is something I met through you and yeah, through yeah, yeah. stuff there. Uh-huh. But since I'm telling, editing the story, I have to respect the fact that there's people out there who really do have an interest in seeing this stuff done right, you know? Yeah. So in the end, I got to respect that as best as I can, even though, in the end, I probably won't relate to it as much as people who are in it. Mm-hmm. But I got to respect it. I got to show this is the story. This is how it feels and affects. And I th- Sorry, I mean, I wanna, you know, right? going forward, like I've, I've said that myself. Like if we are, you know, the next documentary or, or, or whatever, it will be something that I don't have any knowledge of because I think that's I think that's why you do documentaries, right? To 
it's it's an educational thing not only for the viewer but mm. also yourself yeah, making definitely. it right definitely. yeah um so yeah well we'll see what that is we've had we've had a few discussions on a, a few things but um Obviously, now that I've got the editing certification as well, that we've we've improved we've improved the arsenal both <laughs> mentally and physically, um, yeah. our war chest of uh, filmmaking equipment and uh, know how. But um, I suppose just like wrapping up because we've been going for like an hour ten minutes already, which is you know pretty crazy. And obviously at ten eighty p twenty five frames per second, I kind of like it to upload within like two hours. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm conscious of the time now. Like that's one thing that I've learned like through editing. I know that people that don't do editing are like quite naive to it is like the, like some people will be like why don't you do like a two and a half hour podcast and I'm like you know how much editing and processing <laughs> that yeah. takes yeah you know it's like do you want me to go blind it's just like <laughs> yeah yeah you're like you want my computer to just shit its brains yeah. right through its fucking auxiliary port yeah. do you know what i mean like yeah. it's just it's it's crazy but um so i just want to kind of get our thoughts on what we think the film will achieve and what we want it to achieve and yeah that's yeah, we'll end it on that. Okay. Yeah, it's just um as a filmmaker, clearly I wonder if flex on some of the filmmaking yeah, skills. Yeah, yeah. But um now with this one, it generally is like it's kind of one of those things. If I'm gonna do something to showcase my filmmaking skills, it's not bad to do yeah. it for a good cause. And this is a good cause, so I'm quite happy about that. Ideally, I would like the message to get out there, and I would like to see some action. But in the end, that's up to like the universe. Yeah. And what happens? We can't there. control that, yeah. right? Yeah. But in the end, I feel like we we did as best as we could to tell the story, and I'm quite happy with how it turned yeah. out. Like I know there's people. This is a weird thing. I like we can always people... go back and think of something that would have made it better, mm. right? But that's like the kind of uh, not to sound elitist here, but that's one of the things you have to be at peace with as like a creator. You have to be because there's always something in the back of your mind like, oh, if I did. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. I mean, I'm watching this, and there's a few things like, ah, dang, I wish we got that. But with this, like, I'm quite proud of it. Like, I don't know. I heard a lot of other people who make films like, oh, I can't watch my own work. I'm, I'm not like that. If I, personally, it's with me, it's an experience. We had a good time making it. Yeah, exactly. So I can yeah. easily rewatch this. If I had a rough time making it, I'd have a harder time. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But with this, I can rewatch it. And I'm generally like, oh, that's a nice shot I did. Or that's like, oh, I could have done that. You know, oh, that was a nice thing you did, or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh shit, yeah, by the Finn's way. in that shot chasing a dog. <laughs> <laughs> God by the way, damn it. Yeah. Your sound editing on this was excellent. Like, oh, seriously, sound much. is like a nightmare. Like, even for most filmmakers. That's why they have audio technicians, but you edited it perfectly. I suppose and that's... just for the subtitles, it was good. Oh, it was... Yeah. I suppose that's where the podcast came in handy because I've had to focus, like, a lot on audio. And yeah. admittedly, like, I didn't do too much to the documentary audio because I didn't want it because the podcast audio is processed right it is heavily processed but it's meant to be like that because it's internet radio or whatever but i wanted it to sound more natural for this mm. so a lot of the things that like ds or so like a siblings like the harshness of that yeah I've, i left more alone because yeah. i was like if I, if I compress that it's going to sound more processed and unnatural yeah but you know i did the the, the bare minimum low pass high pass filter because um, honestly compression you, stuff like that you doing the sound it, it just made editing a lot easier on my end yeah like I know in the end I still had to cut small bits but that's just that's easy just cutting it stuff I'm looking forward easy. to getting like half <laughs> my laptop hard drive back because <laughs> like, yeah. I've got every file that we've done up to this day I've yeah. got the folder for the audio I've got all the uh, keep uh, it until after we release yeah no yeah, 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 100%, say, we, we yeah, don't want to freak work. out later yeah I mean it's like my only like my only workstation now but um yeah. I'll, 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 I'll like i think i think we can all kind of agree that we want i think some people that maybe don't 
um, have much as invested interest. We'll see it and maybe learn some things from it as well. Like you said, there is people that are just going to be like, oh, depressing. I only live my life through toxic positivity. <laughs> yeah. know, if I'm not watching three Roman Atman vlogs a day, then I'm not happy. <laughs> like, no, but the thing is, like, in the end, it's for the audience that it's for. Yeah. In the end, they're the audience you should be going to. And I'm very, I think we talked about this in the whole podcast. I'm very strongly about respect i don't want to say fans because yeah. this is documentary yeah but there's people with this interest and you got to respect their intelligence niche audience yeah, yeah. 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 The niche audience everything yeah. has a niche audience but yeah. the niche audience is the successful audience yeah, yeah. if you're making exactly yeah. yeah yeah awesome dudes well i guess the only thing i can Ooh, say now i do have one question oh. what was your favorite part of the entire creative my favorite process? part it's a good question because I feel like I, I've been exposed to a lot of things yeah. that have been good for me going forward. Um, and, you know, you, you're saying that you're going to be a student again next year. I'm hoping to get into film next year as well, somewhere mm-hmm. as well. Um, and it, it just kind of convinced me that I want to follow stuff like editing. <clears throat> and, you know, I've, I've been someone that's really struggled with, like, self-belief and, and self-worth and stuff like that. Yeah. To, like, even, like, you know, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about maybe me putting like a CV into Northport yeah. where you work and uh, we can cut this out if you want. Like, I don't have to reveal <laughs> where you right. work and stuff. Um, but even then, like when I do stuff like that, even though I've got like these editing certifications and like I've proved that I can like do stuff like that. I have this yeah. thing in the back of my mind. It's like, no, nah, I can't do it. You're not good enough. Yeah. Stuff like that. Do you mm. know what I mean? And I'm still trying to combat that in, in various ways and, and whatnot. And I do think when I see stuff like this, I'm, I say to myself, like, obviously we've worked as a team on this. Like, I'm not just trying to say, this is my documentary and these guys just helped. <laughs> and, like, I couldn't have been able, I wouldn't have been able to do this without you two. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's why I've said thanks a bunch of time over Messenger. I'll say it in person just now. Yeah, yeah no worries. Um, I'm glad to be a part of it. Then, um, but yeah, it's it, it's given me, like, confidence as well. It's like, this is what I want to do going forward. Because yeah. there, mm. there has been points in this year where, like, obviously trying to run the podcast alongside it and maybe getting sidetracked with a few things that I'm like, maybe I should just pack this in and stuff like that. But you you get to the other side and you realize what you truly want to do and care about. And I actually have, um, I would say that I'm healthily obsessed with this type of stuff now, right? Yeah. Like I'll, I used to see people in school and they would be like, oh, I solved a math problem at three in the morning. I would never get it. I would never get why they did that. But like people, when they have something they're so passionate about, I've found myself, that's how we'll get the audio right. And I'll set everything up here at half two in the morning. I'll be scrolling about and I'll be like, mm. actually, no, can that. And then I'll, the next night to make it better. And, and that pays off in the end, that kind of yeah. healthy obsession. So I'm looking forward to continuing doing this. Hopefully continuing working with you two and projects and stuff Aye. like that. Obviously, we're, Obviously, we always have a good time um, in, in various ways. Yeah. <laughs> Some that may not uh, be as appropriate for the, the <laughs> podcast, but... Um, uh, so yeah, that's exclusive Patreon content. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, most definitely. But um, my favorite part of the process was challenging myself. I would suppose okay. I, you know, I, I get it's weird, right? Because as someone that has autism, like meeting new people is quite a stressful thing. So I find it quite ironic that my whole kind of thing is mm. now doing that. And I, I always think to myself before doing these things, like, why do I put myself in these positions, like? Why am I giving myself stress by having to do like an interview or, or something like that? Like, and it never, it never like, you never get a tolerance level to either. It's the no, same no. amount of anxiety every yeah. single time. Don't worry, you will get used to it. Like, even with me, like, I remember when I used to do some of the stuff at first, it was just like, uh, okay, how do I speak to these yeah. beans? 
Yeah. <laughs> How does the human know? But then, like in the end, like I know, like especially working with behind the camera, I'm just like just just keep him entertained until yeah. we start asking. And questions. I think one of the things, even though we didn't use a lot of the shots from me from the interviews, it, it helped people feel more comfortable. Oh, that it, I was being exactly as well. yeah, Whereas not just I, them. <laughs> I think if it, it was just them, it would have been a bit more intimidating. Yeah, um, especially if you put them right in front of a camera. Like that's the other thing. As much as I'd like to get those front shots, it can be way more intimidating. Yeah, because you just like. And I suppose that would have been like a detriment if I'd put the mic like we have it in front of us just now, like, you know, make sure you speak into it and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, um, yeah, but that, that, that's been my favourite part. I've enjoyed learning. Like, it's been a very big learning experience for me. Not just about the topic, which I thought I knew a lot about and I've learned things to do with that, but obviously in film. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was to single it down to one thing, it would definitely be reviewing the footage just because the amount of laughs we had <laughs> through the process of it. Yeah, dude, I, was, I remember, especially like, some of the stuff when we were filming the Lock Park Lake, I was just listening to yeah. it. I was just like, what the heck was I saying? <laughs> one in particular where, uh, yeah. When a certain van comes up. Um, yeah, well, that, and then there's one where... Um, you, if you if you weren't there, you would have thought by the audio that something very sinister was going down. <laughs> <laughs> All kind of lined up perfectly. But Honestly, um, I should come up with like a weird like audio horror story. It's just like <laughs> the adventures of Hans in, in Scotland. <laughs> Murray's neurodiversity strategy: the outtake. <laughs> <laughs> what about? I know we. I know you came in like halfway in yeah. when the documentary was being. Was there any further process for you? Well, yeah. I mean, just I was actually thinking about that. I was. I would say. Honestly, for me, like I've taken quite a break from film in general. So like it was a good way to get back into doing it sort of, you know, in a non job sense, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and like you, like you said, like the banner and stuff, that is one of the best things about filmmaking if you're with the right people, you know? So, um, yeah, I would just say just getting back to it and just like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, getting the band back together. Yeah, I'm actually Innis Reed. I've just had a really hard time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we may be dragging Innis into this because he has the drone. Yeah, man. And you will. And Shout out to Innis, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to like. I did give him say a, that, a, a thing in the, in the credits. <laughs> didn't well. mean to steal your identity. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I made that joke uh, after we interviewed Karen Adam. I was like, this kind of looks like a Three Shades book reunion, but I'm Innis, and I've just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Innis yeah. no, definitely has a better hairline. That's for sure. <laughs> So you can distinguish between. But I did the credit in this. It's just I, I couldn't put. Uh, what's it? I couldn't put drone. Because, yeah, because um, the shots. Unfortunately, they just didn't the wind work and there. stuff like that. But yeah, hopefully uh, going forward practice, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll Big bucks, McGee to look forward to Ooh, the next yes, project. People, uh, hey, hey, that's a that's a. I might be giving the privilege of being narrator of a Three Shades video I remember us discussing as well. I don't know if that's still the plan, but right. that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Someone that's watched a lot of your guys' work and stuff over yeah, the years. Yeah, that would be awesome. So it would be like, you know, never meet your heroes, they say. Just work with them. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess all that's left to say is thank you very much, guys, for helping me out with this. Like yeah, I said, I couldn't have done it without you. Obviously, uh, Jenny as well, who did the, the digital art. And obviously, Ennis that um, shot some of the stock footage for you and uh, was a, I, I guess you would call it Runner. I guess he's officially credited yeah. as, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, just put Runner. Yeah. Film terms get complicated. And uh, if you have watched the film, leave feedback. Um, I, I feel like I might regret saying that, but you know, see no. what YouTube comments are like. Heard us. Tell us these dirty words. But anyways, yeah. Um, so we're going to leave all the links. Or we will have left all the links to where this is going to be on. Uh, it will be on uh, the Northeast Corner Facebook page, Afro Scott, 
Facebook page, the YouTube channels. We'll link everything. Uh, check out Sean's Afro Scott page. He's not only going to have the documentary there, he's got a bunch of cool films there yeah. as well. And if you're into more bikes, check out Parallel, Parallel Finn Center. on YouTube um, for your motorbike fix, if you would call it that. <laughs> and see, we we offer so many alternatives and promotions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sweet guys. Cheers. Yeah.